So our scripture reading this morning is going to come from Exodus chapter 36. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 7. So Bezalel, Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given the ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more, because what they had already, what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Let us pray. Dear God, um, we thank you so much that you brought us here together to praise your name and to worship you. You are the provider for everything that we have, Lord, and for that we are so thankful. Um, now that we're entering this time, um, we ask that you open our hearts, open our minds, and let the words that Simon has uh, prepared for us be of you and be of your spirit to help us um, grow our communities, grow our faith, and to grow closer to you. In name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Simon Campbell. I'm the director of worship and technology here at Marion Methodist. And um, we're talking, we're continuing this uh, series about the freedom movement here at Marion Methodist. And many of you have been involved in classes, including myself, uh, looking at what it takes to achieve financial freedom in our lives. But it's also important for us to understand what that freedom is for. It's important for us to understand what that freedom is for. And that's where we are in our scriptures today. We're talking about the story of Bezalel and Aholiab. And this is an opportunity for us in their story to see our story. You see, at first, Bezalel and Aholiab seem like just insignificant mentions in the overarching narrative of Scripture. But if we believe what we say we believe about Scripture, we can't say that because all of Scripture is God-breathed, deep with meaning for every time, every place, and every culture. And so the story of Bezalel and Aholiab shows them finding the answer to that question, what is our freedom for? And can help us as we seek the answer to that question for ourselves. Bezalel and Aholiab were born into an enslaved society. The people of Israel were under captivity. They were in slavery under the empire of Egypt for generations. And Bezalel and Aholiab were born into this circumstance, into this culture. And despite having very few rights and almost no social advantages, they, they became skilled craftsmen. And, but all of their ability, their skill, all, all of their knowledge did not benefit them. Their, the work of their hands 
went to build other people's wealth, their kingdoms, their palaces. And for Bezalel and Aholiab, freedom seemed impossible. The odds are completely stacked against them. But God, through the miraculous wonders mediated through Moses, freed the Israelite people from slavery. And the, and the Israelite people had the chance to see God demonstrate his power in so many ways, but the people didn't really know him. The people didn't really know God. They saw his wonders. They saw a plague of frogs and of locusts to devour crops and, and, and force the hand of Pharaoh. They saw the, the whole river Nile turn to blood. They saw the the waters of the Red Sea part before them so that they could walk through on dry land, and they saw those same waters swallow up Pharaoh's army. They had seen the wonders of God, but they didn't really know him. Because after generations of slavery, their connection to their ancestors and to the God of their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there was little memory left and now that and now that they are freed they're not quite sure what that means what their freedom is for because they don't have the benefit of our perspective right they don't have the benefit of seeing all that has been before and and how this was pointing to Jesus and and all through Christian history they don't have the benefit of that perspective they have no law they have know Jesus and little connection to their history so their question is who is this God and what is this freedom for and these questions begin kind of inching into their mind because they've been wandering through the desert they've seen God every morning scatter delicate bread upon the ground for them to eat they've seen these clouds of quail coming every night into their camp for them to kill and eat they've seen in the middle of the desert God through Moses split a rock open and water come pouring out but the questions start to roll in their minds what if the manna just doesn't show up one morning What if this pillar of cloud that we've been following each and every day just suddenly disappears? The Israelite people are wanderers. They have no land, no identity, no sustainable resources, and no home. And this, these questions point to the bigger problem, the bigger question. What is this freedom for? Bezalel and Aholiab are wanderers. They are set free, but what for? Bezalel and Aholiab, they were skilled craftsmen in Egypt. And even though they're under the enslavement of the Egyptian people, their skills were being put to some use. In the wilderness, as wanderers, what good are these skills of working in wood, in fine metals, and in fine textiles? What good are they now? What is their freedom for the people of Israel are feeling useless and lost without identity they were completely unsure of their future and what God wanted from them in fact many times leading up to this scripture they went and they whined to Moses complaining to him why did God do all this amazing things for us only to let us die in the wilderness 
these questions were growing and growing and growing and festering in their mind. What was this freedom for? Eventually, this led to conflict. The people came to a point where this question overtook their minds. One day, Moses goes up onto Mount Sinai to receive instruction from God. And he is gone for such a long time, and the people are sitting at the bottom of that mountain with all of their questions, always wondering, what is this freedom for? And so now that many of them are convinced that Moses was gone forever, he had died up on that mountain, many of the people chose to make an idol, a statue, and offer sacrifices to it and have a grand festival and feast. Now, at first, this might seem a little strange to us, but what we need to recognize that all of the nations, all of the people groups that the Israelites had come into contact with, the Egyptians and other cultures, they all had their gods represented in grand statues and they had these indulgent festivals and they'd bowed down and made sacrifices to these idols, to these statues. And they looked around at these people and they said, well, they seem to have it figured out. They have lands. They have identity. They have a home. We should do that too. You see, the people of Israel were unsure of their identity and felt completely lost, not knowing what their freedom was for. And so they tried to answer that question with an answer that they were given by the culture around them. And so they made a golden calf. And they bowed down and worshipped the calf and, uh, and offered sacrifices and had an indulgent festival and exercised their freedom to do something of absolutely no value. Now the reason this was so wrong was, goes beyond the actions themselves. It was because they were forsaking the purpose that God gave them for their freedom. They were corrupting and misusing the identity that God had intended for his people. So Moses comes down from the mountain, bringing with him the law of God inscribed on stone tablets written by God's own hand. And he brings with him instruction for a sanctuary, for the building of a sanctuary, the building of a tabernacle. So with him he brings the law which shows the people how to live in harmony with what God desires and he, and he brings instructions for this tabernacle and this tabernacle was to be the center of the Israelite identity, the center of their people and society, an enormous structure in the middle of their camp. This tabernacle was a physical, tangible reminder that God is with his people. The tabernacle was to be the place where God's presence dwelled in and among his people. This was to be the place, literally, where heaven meets earth. 
Bezalel and Aholiab were commissioned to use their set of skills that they had been given to build this tabernacle, to build the place where heaven meets earth, where God's glory dwells. And God gave them a new identity, not just craftsmen, but co-workers, co-workers with God to unfold new beauty, a new era, and a new beginning for his people. You see, God gave them instructions for what they were to build, and this was going to be a massive undertaking. And the questions arose in Bezalel and Oholiab's mind, where were the materials for this huge structure? Where were they going to find huge amounts of gold, silver, bronze, acacia wood, and fine cloth in the wilderness? But here's the truth. Everything they needed was already in the people's hands. You see, after the angel of death had passed over in Egypt while the Israelites were still enslaved, when the angel of death passed over and killed the firstborn of every Egyptian household, God instructed the people to go to the Egyptians and ask for gold, for silver, for clothing items. And God caused the Egyptians to comply for fear that they would die if they did not. So all of the resources that they needed were in the hands of the people. It was in their possession. But would they obey? Would they catch hold of this glorious vision that God was giving them? Would they exercise their freedom to give what they had been given to build the place where heaven meets earth? Moses called out to the people and told them to give what, out of what they had been given, and the people responded. One by one, morning by morning, the people looked at what they had, and they freely brought what was needed to be used in the construction of the tabernacle. Day after day, as Bezalel and Aholiab began the work, more and more offerings poured in. One day... Bezalel and Aholiab stopped what they were doing because as they oversaw the as they looked over all the materials that had been gathered they saw that they had much much more than was needed for the construction of the tabernacle so they stopped what they were doing they run to Moses and say we have more than enough the people need to stop and so Moses told the people and they they had to be restrained from giving more Because you see, God gave them everything that they needed. God gave the people the instruction for the building of the tabernacle. He gave Bezalel and Aholiab the spirit, the skill, and the wisdom to do the work and to teach others. And he gave the people the resources with which to do the work. God gave them everything they needed. They had the freedom and the opportunity to be a part of God drawing near, to become the place where heaven meets earth. The story of Bezalel and Aholiab can be our story too. You see, many of us here believe that through the miraculous work of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that we have been set free. But what is that freedom Many of us have stories of how Christ has come into our lives and delivered us from all kinds of burdens that enslave us, but what is that freedom for? 
If we don't have an adequate answer to ourselves as the body of Christ, are the tabernacle, the place where God's glory dwells. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, God's tabernacle, and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? We can become the place where heaven meets earth. You see, Jesus did more than just set us free from our enslavement. He gave us a new identity as co-workers with him to usher in new beauty, a new era, and a new beginning for his people. Jesus did not set us free to wander in the wilderness of this world. This, is, this sanctuary, this building is not a waiting room for heaven. Jesus set us free to use the specific skills, gifts, and resources that he has given us. When we as a community, when we as a body of Christ use these gifts together, we can see the kingdom of God here and now and become here in this community a place where heaven meets earth, where God's glory dwells. So look at what you've been given look at what you have already in your hands your skills your gifts your resources your time look at what you have been given and use what you have to bring heaven to earth ask yourself questions like these are there hungry people in heaven no So use what you've been given to do something about it and bring heaven to earth. Is there injustice, prejudice, and oppression in heaven? No. Use what you have. Do something about it with what you've been given and bring heaven to earth. Are there people suffering with addiction in heaven? No. Do something about it with what you've been given. Bring heaven to earth. There are so many questions like this, great and small. And these are the questions that we should be asking. These are the questions that should guide the people of God when we embrace our identity as God's co-workers in the kingdom of heaven. Friends, if you have been set free, like Bezalel and Aholiab, use your freedom and embrace your identity as co-workers with God so that here and now we can become a place where heaven meets earth. Now you might say, but these problems are too big. Isn't it a little naive for us to believe that we can really do something about it? Bezalel and Aholiab undoubtedly thought that the tabernacle was a big undertaking. But our God is not a God of meager proportions. Our God is not a God of meager proportions. When Jesus stood before a crowd of 5,000 people with nothing in his hands but five loaves and two fish. When his disciples went around to feed all of these people, they weren't fed with mere morsels. They were fed to eat their fill. They were filled, and there was more than enough for everyone. There were 12 baskets of food left over. We do not have a God of meager proportions. 
Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 says God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work. God promises that when we use our freedom to become the place where heaven meets earth he will equip us with everything that we need. It's already in our hands. So take hold of the freedom that Christ offers you. Embrace your identity as co-workers with God. Use what you have be been given to become a place where heaven meets earth. And trust in God's abundance. You see, it's amazing. It's an amazing, miraculous thing to experience the freedom given to us by God. But we must understand what that freedom is for. And give of ourselves if we truly desire to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We have an amazing opportunity to be a part of this unfolding story, just like Bezalel and Aholiab. And this story will transform our lives and the entire world around us if we let it. I'd like to close with a prayer that was um, written by the Apostle Paul to a church in Ephesus who is facing the same opportunity that we have here and now. Let's pray together. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We have an opportunity this morning to partner with God, to be co-workers with God, and to give of ourselves, to give of ourselves to see in amazing ways the kingdom of heaven come to earth. So I'd ask now that our ushers would come forward and receive our morning offering.